0: Out of his own end zone, intercepted by Shaq Barrett, fighting at the goal line for a pick six that just might seal the deal for Tampa.
1: Cofield and Company NFL Insider,
0: Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk joins us now. Miles Simmons is with us, 5 o'clock hours here, Devon running the show. Miles, I think in LA. Boy, it would be depressing today if you're in Cleveland after what happened last night. Uh, Adam Hill is here as well. What's up, Miles?
2: Oh, don't, you know what the whole thing yesterday was yep. just so annoying? I mean, I can't even. I can't even begin. Yeah, so one of the fun things that I do with uh, my mother is that I am a person who watches the football games on Monday Night Football over Facetime. Right? Like that's what we. That's one of the things that we do. It's really cool. So uh when i am watching this with my mom and like deshaun watson fall, fumbles the little thing at the end there it's like okay yeah we're going to not watch this anymore because of course it's like 11:30 on the east coast and my mom's like yeah i need to go to bed i can't watch this anymore cuz that game was took forever for whatever reason so it was very depressing as a browns fan and uh yeah i don't know
3: uh well, before we move on to you know all these important football topics, we were just t- discussing something I wanted to run by you. oh How much okay. time would you have to be facing in jail to flip on a friend? Like to testify against them? I said I could do 3 months.
2: Um I don't know if I uh, I might you'd flip three so you'd flip I, so quick. I, I would flip pretty quick on most <laughs> of my friends. I I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It it would have to be a select few friends that I I would not flip on. Like, I'm talking like the pantheon of like my top five, six. Those are the people I might not flip on because I would probably also be involved in whatever crime sure. it was. Okay. So so I was going to say,
0: the other factor we didn't throw in is- uh, you're Where then, is this coming from? Um, we were talking about- How do we get to that? <laughs> winning time. I don't know. Somehow. Oh, no, no. We were, okay. The path we take sometimes when oh. I start going cornholio. And it's like five different points. No, I was talking about David Thompson and a potential Lakers trade that they were talking about on winning time, and I I didn't realize it. And David Thompson, unfortunately, never got to the Lakers, then had a big cocaine issue and fizzled Uh out in two years. And then I had talked about Keith Hernandez on cocaine, that he flipped on a bunch of baseball players, and that's how we got to the flipping part. Yes, we did. (laughs) But the difference with Hernandez is he avoided jail. He got to still be Keith Hernandez and play baseball. What if the flip Uh involves – that's it. Your life is done as you know it now, and you're going into witness protection. Could
2: you leave everyone you know behind? Um I've <laughs> Who hasn't thought about it, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> where it's like, yeah, maybe I should just go underground. Like go to Hawaii, open a bar or like become a bar oh. manager, become a bartender. I don't I don't know. I mean, most I would stories would have you going to that. What was that? What was that town in West
0: Virginia? Adam? That oh. Sulfur Springs. You'd have to go White, to, White, White You'd Springs. have to go to White
2: Sulfur Springs and be a new person hell in no I, that, they wouldn't let me first of all they wouldn't let me in white silver springs no, that's actually uh, true west virginia yeah <laughs> second of We've all heard. that's not that's not a place that i I mean i want to i don't want to be there like what am i going to do there or 10 know? or 10 years in jail Oof. not that easy now I mean, is I'm, it no flip. i mean i'm flipp- i'm flipping i'm not spending 10 years in jail that's not happening but there is a shoney's and a ruby tuesday oh i love shoney's oh. Did they have the
0: breakfast buffet? Of I miss that so much. Oh, of, of course, course good. they do. Such good value. Uh,
2: <laughs> Shoney's, Shoney's are sizzler, Adam. Oh. oh, team sizzler all day. You know that.
0: <laughs> I can't wait. Raiders week four. Next road game is in L.A. It's I cannot wait. It's
2: coming. It's coming. I cannot wait. All
0: right. So we often do this on the show just to avoid tough topics that will make one of us emotional. Uh, the Nick Chubb, does that, that whole thing does stink. Um, oh, yeah. Then there's also, I don't know, there's been multiple cases now where Adam Schefter, I just don't like him. When he gets involved in injury announcements, like I got really mad and I was like blaming Mm -hmm. it on him for Aaron Rodgers because I knew what was coming. Um, Adam, what happened last night? Because I I read this tweet you're talking about and I I think I was just lazy mentally because I read it and I was like, oh, is he announcing that he snapped like 15 things? And no, he was like, what was he doing? Bringing up the past? Yeah, well, because yeah. Nick Chubb suffered an injury in the same knee. And he said, his exact quote was
3: Nick Chubb dis- dislocated his left knee into his MCL, PCL, and LCL with cartilage damage on October 10th, 2015, versus Tennessee. He injured the same knee tonight versus Pittsburgh. And everybody everybody stopped after reading half the tweet. Yeah. And they right. just assumed he was reporting that. And they got mad at him. Like, look, Adam Schefter can be grinding.
2: Well, that's the problem. Sure. He's but grinding. But so there's people. There's nothing
3: meet- wrong with this.
2: I, uh, I I didn't I think, think that there was is. anything wrong with that tweet either. And, you know, I remember when that happened with Nick Chubb because at the time, Todd Gurley was a rookie. And Todd Gurley, of course, also suffered a devastating knee injury at Georgia. And he had just come to the National Football League. He basically just made his uh, debut. And I don't remember if it was – it was probably week four that he really went off against the Arizona Cardinals. So this was all happening sort of around the same time, right? And – he was pretty emotional about Nick Chubb suffering that injury at Georgia. So it it now for this to happen again to Nick Chubb, you know, and the way that it happened. And man, this guy is just one of the best running backs who honestly, and like I know how this sounds, but he is statistically one of the best running backs in NFL history. You're talking about a guy who has averaged over five yards per carry, which is just not something that happens, especially in today's NFL, where the running back is, let's call it deprioritized, or whatever you want to say. I mean, this guy has had 1,000 yards rushing in each of the last, I want to say, five years, and in each of those seasons, he has averaged at least five yards a carry. That is unheard of in today's NFL. And so I think you can tell just how much it affected everybody on the Browns when he went out. Right? I mean it totally changed everything about that offense and it's really unfortunate because I mean if Nick Chubb stays in that game the Browns probably win because they have some semblance of offense and their quarterback stinks so you can't rely on him so that's another thing but I just when you hear everybody talking about you know what Nick Chubb means to the team and how much of a blow it was for him to get hurt as he did it, it really it just stinks.
3: It does, uh, but now next step, I mean, obviously I already said Jerome Ford is their guy, but they've got a guy in Cream Hunt who's been there for a few years, knows the system, they know what he is. They chose not to bring him back, but now he is available. They also could go out and trade for a guy like Cam Akers, so we don't really know what's going on there. I would imagine if they wanted to really make a big offer and they think running back is that important to them, they could probably make an offer to the Raiders for Josh
2: Jacobs. There's guys available. What do you think they do? I think that Kareem Hunt will probably sign with the Browns at, at some point before the evening is out, you know, or before the next morning. He was in the building today, uh, apparently, and that was, you know, happened from multiple reports. You saw that from national folks and folks in Cleveland that um, he was there. I mean, I i i think that it would make sense to bring kareem hunt back i don't know that that's going to mean that he's going to be really really good i hadn't really thought about the josh jacobs angle and actually that does make a ton of sense and it's something that you know this time last year adam we were talking about as Josh Jacobs being a potential trade target for different teams because that fifth-year option was not picked up, because he had been playing um, in that Hall of Fame game, and everybody's kind of like, well, why the hell are you going to do that if you really think he's going to be a big part of your
3: I think we may have lost Miles momentarily. I think he was making the point. There you go.
2: If you make the, the Raiders an offer they can't refuse, like, uh, it, it doesn't, um, it, it doesn't uh, seem out of the realm of possibility that Josh Jacobs could end up a Brown. Yeah.
1: Miles, I want to keep talking about running backs because from a tweet from Tom Pelissero, the NFL is filing a grievance against the NFLPA over allegations the union advised running backs to consider feigning or exaggerating injuries to gain leverage in contract talks and seeking an order for the union to cease and desist from such improper
2: conduct. What does that actually mean? Well, there, uh, J.C. Treader was on Ross Tucker's show in, I think, July, and he was basically kind of making that suggestion, and not necessarily saying it explicitly, but... And I, I don't have the quote in front of me, So, but he basically said, like, look, if running backs are going to be devalued and if they are not going to have much leverage, then this is something that they could do to potentially gain leverage. And right now... As Jonathan Taylor is on the physically unable to perform list, and what it's weird because if you read stuff out of Indianapolis, kind of what the implication is is that he could have been able to play if he really wanted to play. But based on all of the things that happened in August with him and with Jim Ursay and with Chris Ballard, he didn't necessarily want to do that. And so this was a way for them – to uh, put him on the shelf basically for four weeks at least and then allow him some space some time whatever it is and then when he can come back then he can play and then maybe they trade him, maybe they don't but it, it's one of these weird situations where yeah you you really shouldn't be feigning injuries to do anything and you know the the CBA is collectively bargained right it is something that is still in place and running backs are a part of that whether they want to be or not right whether they want to have uh better contracts or they want to do whatever they want to do like you you can't just subvert everything that's already been collectively bargained so that's kind of what that's about and we'll see where it goes but it's not like jc treader didn't publicly assert that that's something that uh, the nfl running backs could potentially do in order to gain some kind of leverage
3: the they well it wasn't even necessarily the union, it was me, uh, on this show saying that's exactly what running backs should be doing. Okay. Uh, I think Yeah, that that's but
2: part- they they can't file a grievance <laughs> against you, Adam they, Hill of they, the Las Vegas Review Journal and Cofield and Company. They
3: should be doing that. Uh it was is what they really should be doing to uh, to get some leverage. But um we'll just keep on running back topic. What on earth is happening with Cam Akers and the Rams?
2: I don't know. This is weird, man. I mean, like, he was in the doghouse last year, somehow got out of the doghouse. It seemed like it was more of a problem with the running backs coach than it was Cam Akers and Sean McVay. But there was something that they had to get over, and then they got over it, and Cam Akers came back. He played okay. And then, I mean, you look at the performance that he had against the Seahawks. It was historically bad. 29 yards on 22 carries. 1.3 yards per carry how the hell do you do that i mean what what, any one of the four of us could go probably with the Eagles offensive line and average 1.9 1.3 yards per carry on 22 carries So the fact that the Rams offensive line has really actually been playing well in the first couple weeks against the Seahawks and the 49ers His performance cam Akers was just not up to snuff in week one um, It came out, you know on on Sunday Fox's Jay Glazer basically was the first to report that Akers would a be inactive and be that he was on the trade block I don't see anybody trading for cam makers i don't understand why anybody would do that it's not like he's ever been a home run hitter you know he's made plays he's been a little bit consistent when he's been out there but he's also had an achilles injury um so i don't see that happening i don't see the browns trading for him for more than like a conditional seven in 2025 or 2026 um and that's probably all the rams are going to get if they get more than that i'll be shocked maybe they will um, but it's just a weird situation, and the Rams have better running backs, and they have a better offense this year because Matthew Stafford's healthy, and they fixed their offensive line, so it just seems like he's heading out of town.
3: Miles, easy on the historic performance because uh, nine carries for negative two yards for Josh Jacobs on Sunday.
2: Okay, well, I mean, that was also <laughs> historic, too. So, I mean, you know, was, more than one thing can be historic at once, man.
3: That's true. Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk, joining us as he does <laughs> each and every week. That uh, Yeah, that didn't. That didn't go well uh, for the no. Raiders. um how bad are the raiders
2: um i think they're better than last year but i don't think that they're very good i mean they're about what i thought they would be right i mean based on what they've looked like against the broncos who i also didn't think would be magically fixed and look the buffalo bills were a ticked-off team that knew that they were going to come in and they were going to play well at home. And they were going against an inferior opponent, and this is what the Buffalo Bills usually do to inferior opponents. It's the the, the teams that are kind of on that same level or are going to push them, that's where they struggle more. And I expect them to continue to struggle throughout the course of this year. But when Josh Allen is motivated and he's not turning the ball over and he plays well, then, yeah, that's the kind of the results you're going to get. I mean, the unfortunate thing is you, you kind of don't know the health and availability of some of the top receivers now, right? And so you're going into this week, and you're going to be on Sunday night football, and you're going to be playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we saw what that defense just did last night. So, I th- th- um. I don't know who really made that decision to put the, this on Sunday Night Football, but, I mean, it should maybe be an entertaining game, hopefully. Uh,
3: well, first of all, uh, NBC, and <laughs> they well. did it because every all the producers and directors and executives want to be in Vegas as much as they can, so they just put the Raiders on primetime games.
2: Well, I mean, that's not a bad excuse. I am certainly looking forward to coming back to Vegas and, you know, seeing a a, a game there for the first time, if not before, for the Super Bowl and spending time with you probably over the course of Super Bowl week. (laughs) No no sizzler here. But, you know. No sizzler here. (laughs) Uh, I don't think Justin Fields
3: is going to be in that Super Bowl game, Miles. Uh, What is going on in Chicago?
2: I wonder that same thing, Adam, because you know, I watched that game um, today, you know, as I'm catching up from things that happened on Saturday and, you know, got busy on Monday and so was watching that game today, and man, what I don't know what the Bears do well. I, I don't know if you are a Bears fan, what are you going to hang your hat on? They're not very good defensively. Justin Fields is not good. He's not making any progress, right? He's can't process things fast enough to be a third-year quarterback. right? He's in the second year in this system, and you look at a guy like C.J. Stroud and what he's doing with the Texans. They haven't won a game, but you can at least say, okay, he's making good throws over the middle. You understand that he, he sees things, and he's making his reads, and he's being decisive, and he's throwing the ball, and he's throwing it accurately. That's great. You know, even Bryce Young, he didn't look that great last night, but he at least led that two-minute drive where you can say, okay, we can work with some things here. You know, there's progress being made. You look at Anthony Richardson, he's been electric. And now you look at a guy who has been in the league for as long as Justin Fields has... And for whatever reason, it's not clicking. It's not working. And I don't know if it's the Luke Getze problem. I don't know if it's a Matt Eberflus problem. I don't know if it's just a Justin Fields problem. I mean, Chase Claypool certainly took some heat, deservedly so. They went and they got DJ Moore. (laughs) Big DJ Moore, what's he done? I don't really know. It's just there's no real good positive vibes for the Bears. And now, I believe they, they got Kansas City this week, which... That, that could turn ugly quick because that's another team that's going to be very motivated to get on their stuff offensively and do it really from the jump because Kansas City has not looked good on offense the first two weeks of the season. So this could be another ugly game for the Bears. Miles,
1: I wanted to get your take on this since you're a big national guy. I always hear that the New York Jets, excuse me, that they're just a quarterback away. If they could just get an average quarterback and get rid of Zach Wilson, they're basically in the Super Bowl. Who is that average quarterback that could be out there for the Jets?
2: Uh, Jameis Winston, maybe. I mean, the, the problem is, at this point, they, they've made their bed, right? So, like, Tom Moore used to be the uh, offensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts when Peyton Manning was there, He and he's still coaching somewhere, and I can't remember exactly where off the top of my head, but he always used to say, if 18, meaning Peyton Manning, goes down, we're effed. Like, that was the situation with the New York Jets. Eight went down, they were bleeped, Right. So it doesn't matter if Zach Wilson can come in. I mean, maybe if they had Gardner Minshew or Doug Peterson with Nick Foles, they would be all right. But there, are, those situations are very, very rare that you can get a quarterback to come in and you can still tread water. I mean, Zach Wilson is who he was. Right? Was he marginally maybe a little bit better on Sunday against the Cowboys than he was last year? Perhaps. I don't know. But at the end of the day... He still is Zach Wilson. And there's a reason why the Jets went out and got Aaron Rodgers to replace him. And if it wasn't going to be Aaron Rodgers, then it was going to be somebody else. It's not, it's not it right now with Zach Wilson. So, I mean, I don't know that they can really go and trade for anybody. Like, yeah, maybe they could get Jameis Winston. What's that really going to do? He doesn't know the offense. So, and he's going to come in there and he's going to throw picks. So, it's just, it's not a good situation for the Jets I'm sorry, Steve, but, I know. you know, I, I, don't know, I, don't know I, don't, I don't know what they're going to do, but roll with Zach Wilson and maybe, you know, you're bad enough to get a high draft pick.
0: I saw Kyle Rudolph who played for the Vikings saying today that the Vikings should be fielding calls on Kirk Cousins. So what if it was – I don't want to give up the first that they actually just got back because of the Rodgers injury. Now it's going to be a second. Right. Will the Vikings take a third for Kirk Cousins?
2: I wouldn't if I were the Vikings because you could still win the NFC North.
0: I agree. I think Kyle Rudolph's crazy. I think they still have to play out this season. I still think they have a chance to be a good team.
2: Yes, I do too. And I, I mean, I have a lot of faith in Kevin O'Connell. I think he's a great coach. I think what he did last year was tremendous with that team. I think Brian Flores is going to continue to improve that defense. It's a big matchup this week between the Vikings and the Chargers, actually. So that could tell us a lot about both of where these teams are headed, even though it's an intra-conference matchup. Like, that's a big one, I think, for both of those teams, because so they're both 0-2. Miles, thank you. That was a good spot. Thank you. Oh, well, is it not usually?
0: It's always awesome. (laughs) It was always awesome. No, actually, I reflected back because I didn't speak at all, and I was like, yeah, it was a good spot without me. I'm going to start doing that more often.
2: Uh, That That was actually self-deprecating.
0: We'll see (laughs) you. Thanks, guys. Adam Hill, Steve Cofield, Damon. That was Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk. 364-1100, 364-1100. Want to give away uh, another set of tickets for uh, Power Trip which is coming up in just a couple weeks. This is a massive event. Three days, you get tickets for all three days, October 6th through the 8th. You can get your tickets at powertrip.live. I think I was saying powertrip.live.com. powertrip.live is the address. Guns N' Roses, ACDC, Metallica, Tool, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden. It's in Indio, California. Of course, that's the home of Coachella. damon has got a pair of tickets right now for powertrip at powertrip.live, but you can call us right now. Call our 7 for a pair of tickets. So, Adam hasn't been around in a little bit because you were on that long road trip. By the way, how was the road trip? You wound up doing how many states? Uh, I'm trying to count the state. It was a lot of states. I thought you said seven states well, there in ten was, days. No,
3: there were seven NFL cities.
0: Oh, seven NFL cities. In ten days, yeah. Oh, my God. It was, long, it was well, a long you trip. drove through some of them. You didn't stop in every NFL city, did you? I did. Oh, you did? Well, I mean, theoretically, yeah, because I, I went Detroit
3: for the UNLV Michigan game. Then da- down Ann Arbor, yeah. then flew to Denver for Raiders-Broncos. Then I flew to D.C. because uh, that was the closest airport essentially to West Virginia to go there. So that was three. Got the car, drove to West Virginia, went to the Pirates-Yankees game in Pittsburgh on the way to Buffalo. So it's Pittsburgh and Buffalo, and then I flew out of Cleveland to Vegas.
0: Okay. That's seven. What was the best stadium you were in,
3: baseball and football? I mean, PNC is awesome. The baseball field? Yeah, in Pittsburgh it's incredible. Why? It just always has been. It's one of the you know the new, uh, new era of stadiums. Uh, it's always been among my favorites. A lot of open space, a lot of place you know walk around the whole thing. Um, I know you'd be excited. There's a Permati Brothers in there. I like Permati Brothers uh, for you know sure. That. So, uh, but i've never just, actually been a, a Permati Brothers
0: in Pittsburgh. Only oh. in Florida. Okay, uh,
3: but obviously walked. We parked at Acushnet and then walked to PNC. So it's kind of cool to have that little stadium district area there in Pittsburgh. That was great. The big house. I mean, I've always loved it. Special place. I mean, it's not incredible. Like, the history is great and the atmosphere is great, yeah, but yeah. the actual stadium is not the best. Same with Mile High. kind of stinks. Uh, High Mark. It? Yeah, it's not good. Uh, well, it's Empower Field at Mile High. Uh, um, the Highmark Stadium now, as it's called, in Buffalo. Awful. I mean, they're building a new one uh, right across the street. We saw that construction. And By the way, oh, boy, traffic there. With the roads closed down because of construction for the new stadium, felt at home.
0: Wow, <laughs> you're like it's worse wow. here. Wow, wow, that's crazy. All right, did you go to go see our friend Chris from Naked City Pizza, who's got a couple of joints here, but he's a Buffalo guy, and you know we've been uh, reading all his tweets that he opened a joint in Buffalo. Sure, I went to the new one. So how went, was it? Uh,
3: yesterday. Great, nice little spot, nice little area. that's north of north of downtown.
0: It's connected to an Italian restaurant, it right? It is. yeah. It's got a little outdoor area. What's the What's that area like? Um, it's
3: a uh, working class. All right, it's nice. I was. It's It's like it's five perfect. miles north of downtown. Okay, yeah, it's fine.
0: Good deal. Did you hear any stadium that you'd want to go to that he just rolled down? PNC is cool.
1: Yeah, a Pirates game maybe. I don't maybe know what that a one restaurant. You to, like you know no. What's the restaurant? Because I didn't want to show oh. my. Uh, I didn't. I just, I just didn't know. The no, place. Our,
3: our friend here, Chris, from no, like, not Naked, Naked City, the place, City. the Pirates' place. Oh, Permanzi Brothers. Uh, it's like a sandwich place in Pittsburgh.
0: Okay. Yeah, they Their thing is they uh, they put coleslaw and fries on the sandwich. Yeah, I'm okay. So it's like kind of piled up. You don't. You, I, you can get it without the. Is it coleslaw, Sam,
3: right? Yeah, Sam had one. I did not. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Why didn't I like
3: have it. one. He liked it. But coleslaw and fries—that's the big thing. They put it on the sandwich. With the same, it's like a good. It's a. Piled high, they got the you know the pastrami or the corned beef. Like it's yeah, uh, uh, it's good. Uh, it's all
1: good. Right.
3: Uh, it, it is good. It's a good sandwich.
1: I'm
0: sure it is. I'll just take it without the coleslaw and fries. Give me the fries on the side. No coleslaw. You, yeah, I thinking you can get both on the side, but then it ruins the uniqueness. Yeah. Come on, get it the right way. Coleslaw's overrated. <laughs> um, good coleslaw's what salad. We, what are we doing? here? Keep it away from me. What everyone's anti coleslaw now? <laughs> coleslaw overrated. It's a hot take. Oh, you do like it? It's a hot, it's
3: it's 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 good. I don't know who's rating it highly to be overrated. Anybody who it. eats it? Uh, no, you just okay. This is okay. I don't think anybody's like coleslaw's my favorite food. Coleslaw certainly not as good as black olives. My favorite food. What about green olives? I'm in. I'm
0: not
3: any olive. I've got to send you the picture of
1: the pizza messy head
0: have olives uh, all uh, over it? Lionel Messi? Yeah. yeah well, you know what? Let's oh, do that man. in like 10 minutes. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll send you the yeah. picture. What a dream.
1: Worst pizza I've ever seen.
0: But All right. Where are we on Sean Payton or Russell Wilson? Seems like it's starting to come come apart at the seams. It
3: took only two weeks. Uh,
0: by the way, we just spared everyone from like 15 minutes of West Virginia talk because I know what's coming. Uh, and I'm can, not a defender we either. It. We can do it. It's a weird place with weird people. And the fact that the Raiders had to be there, the players, for like four and a half days is bizarre. It, it,
3: it wasn't uh, – there wasn't a lot of rave reviews. Yep. I don't even know if how many people heard the Devontae Adams quote, which I think he wanted to take back, but it was on the live stream. So he said, you know, it was beautiful, a lot of trees, nice. He's like, I'm sure I never would have seen it if they didn't drag me here. And he was like, don't, they didn't. don't <laughs> write that. And <laughs> I was like, it's on lo- the live stream. <laughs> it's on the live stream,
0: man. Too late. <laughs> so, I can I, not only- I think there's a lot of fans. One of the UNLV big men who's the hometown hero went to Bishop Gorman, Isaiah Cottrell, was at West Virginia for a couple of years. Right, but and Morgantown was, and he, and he, is
3: Morgantown is New York City.
0: Compared to Greenbrier, <laughs> area. compared
3: to where we were. Right. I drove through Morgantown because I drove from White Sulphur Springs slash Lewisburg, voted coolest small town in America. I'd like a recount. By the way, here we go. Another, uh, bit, another Bakerfield, <laughs> yes. Um, I, I so I drove to drove to Pittsburgh, drove through Morgantown. I was like, civilization,
0: thank goodness. Morgantown was a big city compared to where we were. It was bad. If you have trips coming up in your life, don't waste any of them on West Virginia. No, especially rural West Virginia. You know where I'm going to waste a trip? I'm just going to
1: throw this in there. The Colorado phenomenon. I had a friend that lives in Denver. He said, hey, if you're ever in town for a Colorado game, you can always crash with me.
3: Yeah. Just people are going. I have, I have friends in Denver, and they're all obsessing over going to games now. I'm going to have to go to a game. And night. now they're, they're going to get play blown play out play. the next two weeks,
0: and nobody's going to be there in three weeks.
1: I'll put in my media credential now, then. <laughs>
0: you should. I don't like doing the inside. We'll call it inside baseball, but like the broadcasting talk, but we often f- go into this. Did you see the fan in Denver where we have a lot of friends and we've had a lot of guests on like blew out five of their people yesterday
2: really? and a bunch
0: of them were former NFL players and I think part of it is I think they were trying to cut cost. So Chad Brown who we've had on a bunch of times. Um I think Orlando Franklin. I'm trying to think of the other two players, but they brought in Philip Lindsay who I don't think has ever done radio before. You know where Philip Lindsay played, right? Colorado State, Colorado. Okay, I kind of think they did it because CU is a big probably. deal right now. Yeah, they probably did. Are you serious? Can you can you imagine programming your station off of three games by Dion and company?
3: <laughs> well, it, it seems a little weird to me. It does, uh, but I mean, I, we know what the you know we know what kind of cachet it's carrying right now. Again, well, and and he, here's the thing. Dion said it the other day. Like, you know, I I think we talked about it in the show. I was higher on Colorado than you were, certainly. And then after week one, I said, oh, nope, this is not going to work. And I don't think it has worked the last two weeks. They've beaten some bad teams. Um, but they're about to get blown out. But at least Dion said on Friday
0: what is true. He said, look, we don't have anybody on the lines. We don't. Right. So much so that when someone asked him a question about his center after the game, his freshman center after the game, his response was, who? Yeah. Did you uh, hear this? No. So uh one of the Zelenskis brothers, I'm the only person probably who knows this because the starting center for Rutgers is Gus, but uh, I think it's Nick Zelenskis, something like that. He he was in he did a great job as a true freshman, and someone a media person after the game, uh, in the frenzy was like, Hey, what about your freshman center, Zelenskis? And he was like, Who? Yeah. Should that matter? Sorry to go off on a tangent. Should that matter? Does your head coach need to know everyone's name on the team? Probably, probably starters, right? No, no, I'm gonna say no. Well, clearly, it doesn't. They're three and zero, and he doesn't know yeah. them. Well, I mean, I mean, does it mean something in recruiting? Like, especially the, the the unheralded guys. Is it like, can I, if I'm gonna come there, will you at least know my name or my son's name, please? Well,
3: I think you could spin it if you're another team of saying, "Look, he doesn't care about you if you're a lineman." Right. Um, so if you, why would you go there? Because I think teams are going to want to want to block them from getting linemen. Because what I was going to say is, he said, "Look, we don't have offensive or defensive linemen. We don't." And so when we get them, everyone's in trouble, which is probably true. Are they going to get them?
0: That, I mean, I, I would imagine that's all they're working on right now. I mean, the atmosphere is fun, and there are a lot of places around the country where you're like, uh, I, it's probably going to suck there. Like, the coach is no fun. He's miserable. He's a freaking drill sergeant. Doesn't seem to have joy in winning games. So I what Dion is selling is cool.
3: Oh, I think it's definitely cool. I, I, do, I do think it's going to be very telling. If they do get blown out two weeks in a row, which I think a lot of people are expecting, including me, what does it look like then? How does it look? Is it still fun? Is it still, you know, the arrogance and the "we're better than you" and dancing and sunglasses and like he sold over a million dollars in sunglasses in one day? Like, are those things still happening when they get blown out twice in a row? I don't know, but I think that's what a lot of recruits are going to be looking at. Like, what does it look like then?
0: What do you think is going to happen the next two weeks? I think mean, it'll get ugly. Two L's. <laughs> How bad? Ooh, let's
1: say combined forty points.
0: Well, it's not that bad, That means actually. they'd cover both weeks?
1: All right. <laughs> See, I don't think that they're going to just get, like, I don't blown I out, actually, blown out.
0: I think they are going to be within hailing distance for a good amount of time against Oregon.
3: I think be the other way around. I think Oregon's going to run them out, and then Colorado will make it closer at the end because they're still going to be – their skill players are going to be able to, okay. to do some work when it's not in question anymore. say look, they don't chalk the world? Look, let, I mean, let's, let's not fool ourselves about what's happened. They've played two bad teams the last two weeks. And they should have lost last week and very easily could have lost the week before. I mean, it turned out to be a a one-sided game, but like almost halftime, it was 0-0. They were in real trouble against Nebraska, who's not good. And Colorado State's not good.
0: And they were in trouble big time in that game. You know, DeMond and I have a bet. What's that? We reset the over-under for wins. Six and a half? Nope. I should have did six and a half. (laughs) Yep, you should have. Because I think I'm going to be saved. By seven. Oof. Lands on Oh, I'm, I'm – You know, we might have to go roll back the tape. I may have said on the air, if it lands seven, you win. Oh. On the over. I may have said that, but I'm not – If I didn't say it, that's not the bet. Tomon has the over? Yes. Of course. But don't I'm don't all in. that. If
3: you land – I mean, that, that means it is six and a half if you said seven. If he wins seven.
0: We also made a bet yesterday on the Steelers-Raiders game straight up. You have the Steelers? I have the Steelers. He has the Raiders. Um – at Ooh. stake are five take and bake seven eleven pizzas. Wow. That's what he'll get. And I get um, I think the taquitos are two for three bucks. Okay. So I will get roughly twelve. Seven <laughs> eleven okay. taquitos. Is that all at once or is it like over the course of a week? I think I have to grab all of mine at once and he'll yes. just get he'll get pizzas that he can just freeze. <laughs> okay. I've always been fascinated that seven eleven just has the pizzas in a corner. And I'll eat good for a week. In a chiller. I was Oh, I mean, I, I, I actually, I was going to bring it up because I brought up court. Remember court who used to work uh, here? Yeah. Court. Uh, he you know, court. Yeah. Avellino. He loved the seven. Uh, yep. He loved it. And then DeMond chimes in. He's like, yeah, me too. I'm like, all right, that's the bet.
1: I mean, I feel pretty confident about this. I didn't see anything from Pittsburgh yesterday. I mean, their defense may be good, but can he pick it? doesn't scare me.
0: <laughs> okay. Got to have something at stake every week. Got to come into gotta the keep, black hole. Got to keep stacking bets to keep stacking bets. Um, I asked about. I mean, it's,
3: Pittsburgh has the home field advantage on Sunday. It's right? going to be 50-50. 70-30
0: Pittsburgh.
1: I'm laughing because he's probably not wrong.
0: I, You know what? I call Steelers fans pukes all the time just because, the, you know, they jumped on the bandwagon when they were good. And they're all my age or older now. A lot of them. I actually have a lot of respect for them off of yesterday that they won. And Tomlin was getting a rash of crap today. And I don't I don't view this as they're spoiled, I view this as they know what they watched. Well, I think it's more Canada is getting a rash.
3: Yeah, Tomlin is getting is getting the anger for keeping Canada. Around. Keeping
0: Canada, yep. Yeah. Matt Canada, who's yeah.
3: he's calling plays like, from
0: nineteen eighty four. There's no track record there yeah. of like high level success. Yeah, it's not good. All right, so on Wilson, and I, I hear both takes on on Wilson and. Uh, And Peyton working together that that Russ looks better. And then you sent over a joking story about like he, you know, he's gonna what is he is he gonna give him more plays on the wristband or take the wristband off?
3: No, he's gonna give it to him because he's not the process of Peyton giving him the play, him interpreting it, calling the play, getting to the line of scrimmage is not going well. So he's saying, Look, you're gonna wear a wristband so you can translate the plays better. I feel
0: like I, I think I feel like Russell Wilson's been like one of the Number one wristband guys in the history of football. Well, maybe he needs to go back. I don't to know. It, I figure all. Of, I just see him looking at his wristband. That's like my yeah. image of him. Maybe he needs to go back to it. Maybe he's okay. not doing it right now. Well, you saw him up close, and they didn't win. They didn't.
3: So what do you think? Well, his numbers are better, but I, I don't. They're not sustaining drives. They're you know getting a touchdown here and then nothing for two or three drives. They don't have that consistency of you know every drive knowing that you can go down and do something with the ball. They're just not there. And so the overall numbers, again, if you look at Russell Wilson's numbers through two games, especially compared to last year, he's far and away better. But I I, don't, I just don't think, and again, they put up you know 33 points, of course one being a miracle Hail Mary at the end, but um, they had only had six points before that in the second half. They had everything early. They didn't maintain that throughout the game. I think there's just been a lot of issues so far. And it seems like Sean Payton is there. And by the way, uh, Mike McMinchie echoed that same thing. He, when he talked after the game, he said, "Yeah, we're not. We don't have that, you know, that zip getting up to the line, getting the play, getting the line, getting into it. There's just a little bit of delay there. But we're still getting there." And Russell Wilson, like, I don't know what you're talking about. I think we've been great. <laughs> like that. That's the problem. There's no acknowledgement that there's something going on.
1: I think the rest can pull it together. I don't. I don't know why you're looking at me like that. I'm not going to root against him. Maybe champagne's the problem.
0: <laughs> no, I was looking at you if you are going to react to that. Because I, I was actually thinking of Adam. You know, we all send in prep lists of stories, and uh, I think you might have been distracted. You did not send in a story or a mention that gives you an opportunity to pat yourself on the back. Four. Because what happened this week with the Broncos? They scored. Okay. But the, op-
3: the opposition? What, Sam Howell? Yes. Did I love him? Yes. Yeah. That's. I mean, he did what he's supposed to do.
0: He did. That's what he is. That's what he is. He's a superstar. This is why I wanted to give you an opportunity. <laughs> it's and only it's one it, game. not to now make a fool of yourself. It's but, one game. But that. But that's what you do. When you're the only one of the only people making the call that Sam Howell is going to be good, and everyone's like the Commanders are going to suck, and then he's kind of good. This is what he is. Don't be surprised. Wow. Okay. Very blunt about it. All right. My question earlier – top of the top half of the league quarterback. My question earlier about the Texans being more than plucky mm. and Stroud putting up big numbers in a second game. What does that mean? Well, he's got superstar Nico Collins. I mean, you joke about it, but – That's my guy. Can they actually be a good – are they going to be a good offensive team? Is he ready? I Well, look – Or is I, that just – you know, that's a one-off, they were behind. Yeah, I wouldn't get carried away and say he's going to, you know –
3: have some great season it is, it is still the Colts okay um but I think Cedar Stroud is I think he's a good player I mean he I liked him in the draft he's a good player I do think they're gonna be bad but they're I think they're he's ahead of where Bryce Young is pretty clearly at this point and you know I, I think they're gonna be okay I don't think they're gonna be terrible they're not gonna win many games but I think they're gonna be they're gonna
0: show signs of life throughout the season okay So people weren't paying attention yesterday on the show. I bragged about my two NFL bets in the morning, and my my rationale was one, like you with the Raiders, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be bad. It's a bad situation. Bills are going to be super pissed off. I I laid it with the Bills, and that was an easy win. The other one I won kind of easily, but my rationale was completely incorrect, was I I said on Friday, depending on who starts for the Texans, I am taking the Colts. If it's C.J. Stroud, let's roll. I'm taking the Colts. And then not only did I get, you know, anyone to bet the Colts, you're like, oh, crap, Anthony Richardson's out, but they had a big lead, but Stroud was in there, and he was probably better than Davis Mills would have been. So I got lucky. Now I'm a little afraid of C.J. Stroud and just betting blindly against him. Bryce Young, well, more of the Panthers. Mm, I might be firing against them yeah, if the lines aren't out of control and the line this week is not out of control. They're, they are – it is amazing when certain teams hit rock bottom and then they draft that quarterback – and the Bears are kind of like this, although Fields is—it's not looking good. But they in the in that first year, they you look around, and you're like, they have no weapons. This kid's got no shot. They better beef up the Panthers. Yeah, like it better. There better be a lot of offense on the way.
3: Got Adam Thielen. What are you talking? What are you talking
0: about? Uh, you know what? He actually he made a couple of good plays. He did the scramble at the end of the game by Bryce Young was pretty nice. Where. He had nothing on the right side of the field and he just stops in the, and I forget who the defensive lineman was who f- flew by him and then Thielen carved out some space and he threw the ball right there. It's, it's all glass overflowing here in Cofield and Company. It's great. Yeah, they're on their way. They're well on their way. Well, they're on their way a couple of years from now. <laughs> <'Cause> they, <they're laughs> gonna, they can't build around Adam Thielen as their good young weapon. What are you talking about?
3: He's got plenty of years left in him.
0: Cofield and Company presents Hey, hold
3: on, hold up, up. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on
0: ESPN Las Vegas. Oh, Vegas. What you doing?
2: Stick your hand in there, Dave.
0: Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. Grab bag. Damon, ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and company. Last couple minutes of the show. Tomorrow we're going to be out at Battleborn. The Battleborn Broadcast Center with Battleborn Injury Lawyers and uh, Justin Watkins will be on. That will lead into the Barry Odom radio show which is right up the road from us. I always say that as if everyone knows where we are at Durango and Flamingo. 2.15 in Flamingo is Parkway Tavern. Two dollar Miller Lights from 6 to 7, but they also have happy hour going down. That's 3 to 6, and then they've got a late night happy hour at all the Parkway Taverns. So come out and see us, see the coach, after a good win. I'm looking at the Mountain West Wire, which they they try to cover the Mountain West, and they do a pretty decent job. Um, My official Mountain West Rankings will come out uh, late tonight or tomorrow on the UNLV All-Access podcast with Caleb Herring. I'm not going to reveal it now. Let me read this to you. Let's see what you think. Bottom of the conference, 12th is New Mexico. Sounds right. No, Really? Sure. I thought you were saying earlier with Shannon Kelly from Nevada Sportsnet that some people have uh, Nevada is the worst team in Division One. I didn't say it was me. Okay. Um, Hawaii's next. Then Nevada. I definitely. I've seen both. Hawaii's better than... I think New Mexico's better than Nevada. This this, this is where it starts to get absurd. San Jose State is ninth. Come on. The schedule they played, they lost to Toledo on the road this week. That's not a bad loss. No. Uh, they had trouble competing against San Jose State. Obviously, it got a little boat racy against USC. You got to take their schedule into consideration. Of course. They're ninth. Colorado State's eighth. Utah State is seventh. I would probably drop Utah State because that was not a very competitive effort at all against Air Force. San Diego State is sixth. Utah is fifth. Check that. UNLV is fifth. I don't know why I read Utah. UNLV is fifth. I think that's a little high right now. No, that's about right. You think UNLV is better than San Diego State? San Jose State, Colorado San State's State offense is rough. It is rough. They're not playing, so we're not going to find out. That's one of the dumb things <laughs> about this new schedule. It is kind of a rivalry. It's you know it's more of a one-sided rivalry, but the UNLV I actually think can beat San Diego State this year, and of course they don't get them. And if it had gone in order, I think the game would have been here. So yeah. that would have been a nice game to have It'll here. Be nice to see. Boise's fourth, Air Force is three, Wyoming is two, Fresno is one. Um, I'll go with Fresno, but Air Force is the best or second best team in the conference right now. They just are. They're the number one defense in the country. Uh, It's like their guys are nameless, faceless, which is ridiculous on offense because it it shouldn't be, because Brad Roberts rushed for like 3,000 yards the last two years, but they're trucking along. Yeah, they look really good. And I'll give credit to Wyoming. They played, they pulled an upset on Texas Tech at home. They played, they didn't get blown out by Texas, but I don't think they're the second best team. So there you go. I didn't give anything away but I gave you some analysis. Sure. Everyone happy? The positive
3: thing is none of it matters.
0: You're uh, not a you're not a rankings guy. But for a for a, the conference I can do it. The conference I can do it. And it and sadly it doesn't matter this year because the spot isn't open yet in the college football playoff because it hasn't begun. Yeah. Let's just hope that Greg Sankey, who is the boss of college football from the SEC, <laughs> Doesn't step in and go, you know what? What Craig Thompson did by getting a group of five entry in? No, I veto that. It's done. Because <laughs> they, they have an open window now. Open door or whatever. Yeah. Because the Pac-12 fell apart to the Pac-2. And he, Sankey's already like, eh, I don't know if we're going to honor the, like, you know. Hey, the, the conference and all that and the auto bid. That's the NCAA. This is the CFP. We're separate. You can already see there's, there's more flexing of the muscle against the NCAA. Like, they don't matter. We matter. We run this thing.
3: Yeah, and you know, I I did see some earlier. I have to look at it more. I just, it just flashed across during the show, but there is a new proposal from somewhere that says, okay, look, we acknowledge that these four conferences are their own thing. Like they're gonna go do their own thing, not be a part of the NCAA anymore and do their own thing. Yeah. And then the second level, which UNLV would be in a Pac-12 Mountain West share uh, with you know the Pac-2 now they're calling it. Uh, who are playing for the pack two championship this week, Washington State and Oregon State. Uh the Pac Two in the Mountain West would be part of a second tier, and then they would institute uh relegation and uh and delegation into the into the so you can move up and then move down if you could beat, which would I, I'm in I'm
0: in. I love that. I think right. that'll be great. Something we can examine on Friday. For sure. he throws out something juicy with 12 seconds. Well I haven't read all about it yet. I just saw it like I want you to research it. Thing. I want you to research it.